Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tim Cunningham Contemporary Jazz Radio Show. And now for your host, Tim Cunningham. Jazz on the CRS Radio Network, the Knowledge Station. I will be here on Tuesday from 6 to 8 p.m. on the East Coast. That's 5 to 7 Central and 4 to 6 on the West Coast. I'm sorry, that's 3 to, three to 5 on the West Coast. Um, I'm going to start out a tune uh, that I did from the latest album. The latest album is entitled Freedom, and this is a tune I wrote uh, all by myself. I'm going to just have some people help me out with the uh, playing the other instruments, the bass guitar, keyboards, and such. But um, the tune I wrote by myself is called Into the Night, and here it is on the CRS Radio Network, the Knowledge Station Europe, with Tim Cunningham on the Jazz Chat.
Carolina, and that one's called It's My Time. That was number one to get on Smooth Jazz. We're going to load you right into another one. This is worn by yours truly, entitled Surrender Souls to Cunningham on the Jazz Jacks, Seattle's Radio Network, the Knowledge Station.
listening to CRS Radio, the Knowledge Station with Tim Cunningham on the Jazz Chat.
Stewart, and follows up with another tune from him. It's called Personal Fact. You're listening to the CRS Radio Network. This is the Jazz Chat with Tim Cunningham. This is the Knowledge Station.
on my latest CD entitled Freedom. This song will be, enough that will be the first single released on the album, uh, from the album, I should say. Starting next month, it's going to hit Smooth Jazz Radio. And hope you get a chance to listen and download and all that good stuff. So once again, from the album Freedom by Tim Cunningham, that was Enough Said. And again, you're listening to the Jazz Chat with Tim Cunningham on the CRS Radio Network, the Knowledge Station, here on Tuesdays, 6 to 8 p.m. on the East Coast. Uh, before that, you heard Thrill Ride from a very exciting flute player, Reagan Whiteside. She's won some awards. She is just, she is, this is her year. Boy, she is really doing well. Um, and I'm sure she would appreciate your support by downloading her music. Again, Reagan, R-A-G-A-N, Whiteside, just like it sounds. Uh, before that, you heard Jess Gruen, and prior to that, you heard a song from Darren Stewart, keyboard player, in kind of personal best. And once again, Centennial.com is the website. Go there, download, find the, I'm sorry, find the link to download my music. And uh, some other stuff, is, we've got some photos up. We'll be posting some videos as well. Shows coming up this summer. August is a hot month. I mean, not nearly yet, yes, it's hot. It's a hot month for us. We've got about six shows. In that month, um, August 11th and 12th will be in Indianapolis, which is also supposed to Indiana at the Turner Jazz Fest, and that's turnerjazzfest.org. You can find out information about the Jazz Fest, which is the first year of the festival. Um, they will have Swanee Jada, that is as the main act for that weekend. I will be performing on Friday night, August 11th at 9 p.m. and then again Saturday morning at 11 a.m. So there's going to be music going on all weekend. And then I'm headed back to St. Louis. We've got another event at on Saturday night, August 12th, in downtown St. Charles. It's really hot and ice that event starts. Uh, following Thursday, we'll be in Bridgeton. Performing outside at, the, at Gentry Park. That event is typically from 7 to 9 p.m. We show outdoors. Um, last year we had about 1,500 people out there. It was amazing. Uh, weather was great. Um, it started to rain a little bit, but uh, it backed off. And wow. It was unbelievable. We had a great time. The following Thursday, I'm sorry, the following Saturday, August 19th, will be over in Kirkwood Park doing an event for the first time. So um, limited seating there, I believe. So, again, that's another free show out in the park. And um, hope you get a chance to see us at one of those events. Um October 20th, we're going to do a repeat of the Meacham Park Improvement Association, Neighborhood Improvement Association event at the Kirkwood Performing Arts Center on October the 20th 
Um, I believe that show is going to be at 7 p.m. Doors probably at 6. Showtime at 7. It'll be over roughly around 9.30 or so. Um, that show, I think the tickets are 30 bucks for that show. They're not on sale yet, but they will be on sale, I think, starting in May or June. So once again, that's October 20th. Kirkwood Performing Arts Center. Um, very nice venue. That venue started was started. Uh, they started building that venue in this. I'm sorry, in 2020 during COVID, and it is absolutely beautiful. If you have never been there, wow, you are certainly missing something. It is just a beautiful, a beautiful venue. Um, 500 seats. And uh, they do a lot of theater at that at that venue. Also, October 28th, I think that was Saturday, Mr. Al Caldwell and the Traveling Black Hillbirds will be in town performing also at the Kirkwood Performing Arts Center. Um, I was a part of that for a project with Al playing some sax- saxophone on some of those tunes. Um, I will not be there. I've got some other events going on in St. Louis, but um, just want you to know that he's going to be there. Not get a chance. He's not a chance to come back here very often. So if you get a chance, um, and many of you know, if you're from St. Louis, that, or not even from St. Louis, you know, what a vibe that was a, uh, yeah, I should say, was. He is a phenomenal bass player that played with Vanessa Williams for many years. And uh, he just uh, stepped aside from that, uh, from that, from her uh, her gig, and uh, he's now doing so. He's got several albums he's going to be dropping. Um, I think we're going to have him on as a guest on the show sometime in the near future. Um, he does all kinds of stuff. He's going to be doing some country stuff, some uh, bluegrass, rock, R and B, you name the genre. He is mixing in his bass, his voice, and his banjo. So, um, again, October 28th at the Kirkwood Performing Arts Center in Kirkwood, Missouri. So check that out. Um, Once again, my night has switched from Wednesdays to Tuesday. We are on from 6 to 8 p.m., Every Tuesday, right here on the CRS radio network, we are the Knowledge Station. TimCunningham.com is the website. Um, let's go to let's play a tune here that I that I um, wrote for one of my kids. This is a tune that I wrote for my oldest son. His name is Corbin. Uh, Corbin is 23 years old now, and uh, Doing extremely well in the social media area. Um, TikToker that's got five million followers, and he's got a million on YouTube and another, I think, a hundred thousand plus on Instagram. So he's he's doing it up. Heading to Australia here pretty soon. He's down in South Carolina right now, but heading to Australia next month and to keep promoting himself and himself out there. So here's a tune called Corbin. This is Tim Cunningham on the Knowledge Station, CRS Radio, the Jazz Chat. 
Listening to CRS Radio, the Knowledge Station with Tim Cunningham on the Jazz Chat.
Welcome to your Suzy Cunningham, entitled Speak to Me, with background vocals from Moran Cunningham. I think I know her. Suzy <laughs> Cunningham of Jazz Chats, the Iris Radio Network, the Knowledge Station. Tuesday night, 6 to 8, on the West Coast, I'm sorry, on the East Coast. Well, I'll be here. And coming up in a couple of weeks, I've got a guest coming on, and then I'm going to try to get some other folks on as well. You can call into the station and talk if you'd like. Uh, my number here, 661 I think by now most people have heard that Fox has settled the case with Dominion for $787 million. Um, if you're not staying, you're not on top of that story, basically Dominion sued Fox um, for defamation, and they sued for $1.4 billion in jewelry. The jury was out today uh, getting ready to uh, um, vote on this thing. And in between, before the jury got to it, Fox and the Dominion attorneys got together and came up with a settlement of $787 million, which is obviously huge. Um, Had that gotten to a jury, though, uh, possibly you would have seen more than $1.4 billion, but uh, I think Dominion was uh, satisfied with almost a billion dollars since the company is only worth $30 million. <laughs> So, yeah, they will likely sell that company and ride off on, into the sunset, I'm assuming. Um, that's likely what I would be doing if I my company is now worth uh, over $800 million. Um, but, yeah, this, this, uh, if you didn't hear that, that's, that settlement came uh, just not two hours ago, not, not two months ago. So, um, once again, the website is timcunningham.com. The Facebook page is Tim Cunningham. Music. Hope you are enjoying the music. We've got some stuff coming up from Roy Williams. Uh, wow, incredible singer. And um, and I'm going to play another tune. Probably I think it's from Dan, I think from Darren Stewart. We'll get another tune on him. This is the jazz chat with the saxophonist Tim Cunningham. Uh, if you've never heard me, go please go check out the website Tim Cunningham. Um, we do mostly R&B style of jazz or contemporary jazz, however you want to label it. A lot of people have different ways of labeling genres. Uh, the genre I am in, I consider myself to be is basically R&B instrumental music, um, or some people like to call it contemporary jazz which is what Global Washington and David Sanborn um, back in the 70s were probably the founding fathers of. 
Um, we want a few things we had for song. Our King Curtis going back, I feel, to the 50s uh, and the 60s, out there playing his saxophone in more of a uh, kind of a bluesy R&B style versus jazz. I remember watching the Charlie Parker movie called Bird, and then I read the book, and I'm, you know me, I don't read very many books, but I was interested in the book because obviously of Charlie being a saxophone player and learning more about his life, which was basically a tragedy. Um, I mean, he died at 34 years old, and when the coroner found his body, um, I guess he had a perforated uh, liver and some other things going on. And and they said, uh, I mean, literally the guy said, the coroner got there and said, we have the body of a 58-plus-year-old man. And again, he was only 34 years old in 1920. He died in 1955 before his birth. So um, just a tragedy. And I, I truly believe that when you see um, movies that are, that are made about people's lives, um, they're not just, it's just not for entertainment. It, you know, you, you should learn from those movies as well. This is for information so that you can, you know, maybe not travel down other places because you just have a different time with drugs. It was a terrible situation. Uh, he literally, he literally would get off, would um, have a gig, and sometimes he was so strung out that he'd sell a saxophone. And it was really sad. So someone very several times uh, he was such a great player that guys were running around trying to find uh, you know another horn for him to play the gig. But um, just just a horrible story, and you know, kind of like Billy Holiday, same situation. Uh, both were you know major heroin addicts. Um, and uh, if you ever saw Lady Sings the Blues with Diana Ross, you'll know what I mean. I mean, she was, Billy was such a horrific addict that she was willing to kill. And it was just very, very sad. So, but Bird, I mean, Charlie was, you know, great player, phenomenal, you know, created a genre, bebop which was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, just uh, the talent him and Dizzy um, had was, was just unbelievable. But um, uh, getting back to my point, though, um, you know, there's all kinds of different styles of jazz. Um, like I said, King Curtis, when, when King Curtis um, was playing, and he was a jazz player, um, in the movie, Charlie saw him playing, and, and he was not, you know, and, you know, when you're playing bebop music, you're playing tons of notes, bop, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff, which in the music world, for musicians, we call chops. And uh, so, 
King decided to be more of a, you know, pop, rock and roll type player, rhythm and blues type player, where he wasn't playing as many notes. And Charlie saw him. <laughs> Charlie said, Charlie grabbed the saxophone from him and, and started playing it. And King was like, man, what are you doing? And he said, I, wanted, I just wanted to see if still if he could still play play as many notes or something to that effect. You know, he wasn't playing all these, you know, fast lines like he do in Bebop. So he thought something was wrong with the horn. But I understand Charlie was going through some you know, the the drugs were affecting him mentally. So, um he was doing some weird stuff and um it was just Tragic. I mean, we, I remember watching a scene where he got out of the, uh, he went over to Switzerland, uh, I believe, somewhere over in Europe. And he got off the plane and he went to some legal drug house because drugs were and still are legal in that country. So, um, he got off the plane, found this drug place, and went in. And I guess the guy knew who he was. He was famous around the world. And he just let Charlie sit there and get high all day long. And he, according to the story, he got high for like 14 hours straight. So, um, but yeah, those, and there's, trust me, there's many guys who were doing those kind of things back in that day. Um, sadly, a lot of the black musicians who were limited to playing the small clubs, you know, going on going out on the Chitlin circuit down in the south and hitting the little small um, juke joints, not getting paid very much money, and of course being, uh, you know, going through all the racial stuff down in the south and. Um, not being able to stay in certain hotels, which if you've watched the movie uh, Green uh, Green Book, which was a book that was um, created so that black people could find um, hotels that would accept them. Um, that's what that was about. So the musicians back in those days, the guys you know, out in New York on the East Coast that were playing, would play these little Chitlin circuit gigs and um, again, the money was not very good, and of course, drinks were typically free for the musicians. And you know, with doing three or four gigs a week, um, you know, playing on the weekend or whatever, play Thursday through Sunday, and you're playing two or three gigs a week or four gigs, whatever you play, and getting free alcohol, it was easy for those guys to you know, basically become an alcoholic, which Charlie was as well. Charlie did a lot of drinking as well with the drugs. And it's uh, just extremely sad. So, but getting back to what I was talking about, uh, when, you know, King Curtis was probably one of the first to switch the genre going from jazz to a more, I would say, contemporary style of music. And then that was in the 60s, and you had um, um, the guy who did Shotgun. 
um, Junior Walker, Junior Walker, uh, and that was that was an R&B song, and you know you hear that saxophone and that tune, it is definitely an R&B feel all the way. And then we get up to the 70s, and you got Dave Sample and Grover Washington Jr., and they just started playing, you know, contemporary music. They started mocking um, R&B and pop songs, and it was all about the beat. You know, no longer were they playing with a swing, you know, like like jazz. They were playing with an R&B, you know, two and, two, two and four backbeat is what they did. And then, you know, David was famous for, um, I mean, he had a lot, of, a lot of great tunes back in the 70s and 80s. Um, but <clears throat> probably one of his most famous tunes was uh, Maputo and Chicago Song. And those were from the 80s. Um, those are some great tunes. Uh, Chicago Song, still probably one of my favorites of all time. Over Washington, Mr. Magic. That is a classic example of a instrumental tune that was played on uh, many, many, many stations, not just jazz, but it was played on R&B radio across the country, which is why you can play that song at an R&B concert and every, <laughs> well, I should say people probably 40s on up would know the song. They, they've heard it. They, they know the song. It's just a classic song. And I know as some musicians, you know, they've heard the song and played it so many times that they get tired of it. But I am, for me, it is still a classic. And I play that song just about every time I get one. That's, that's kind of almost a dedication to Grover Washington. He was, he was the guy that I thought was just the greatest player. Because um, to me, it's not all about how fast you can play. It's can you touch people through the music? And I believe in my heart that he was able to do that. Um, he just had such a great feel. He was just, just a phenomenal player. Um, and David Sample, too, great, great player. And um, um, and I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that Grover, Grover Washington Jr. actually died on my birthday in 1999, December 17, 1999. Um, he had a massive heart attack and um, passed away. So, uh, and that was at 50, you see, I believe he was born in 43. So I think he was right around 46 years old. I'm excuse me, 56 years old when he passed away. Um, and would have been coming up on his 80th birthday in December of this year, if, I, if, if I'm correct. If, if he was born in 1943. Uh, um, but um, just a phenomenal player. It's so sad to see him go like that. Um, Uh, let me see, Grover Washington Jr. There he is right there. Of course, I'm looking him up on the internet. He was born in 1943. 
So uh, December the 12th. And funny thing, he's born on uh, my drummer, J. Alex Bruce, shares his birthday, December 12th. And then, like I said, he died on my birthday, December 17th. Um, but as I, as I was saying, contemporary jazz has been around since around the 70s. And uh, it later kind of, you know, <clears throat> music just continues to kind of evolve, especially jazz. I mean, then fusion came around, you know, with a lot of uh, fusion artists. And then uh, the smooth jazz thing popped up back in the 80s and 90s. And uh, smooth jazz was basically created, you know, the, the, the format was basically let's play a few vocal songs, you know, and then, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, Sting, uh, Bette Midler, that kind of stuff. And then they slip into jazz tunes, like smooth jazz songs. We're talking about, you know, more contemporary jazz. That's where it came from. So the idea was to try to get people to, you know, if they want a jazz listener, they may be, you know, maybe in the car dialing through their, through their radio and they heard this vocal song. And then all of a sudden they kept it there and they listened to it instrumental song, they'd be like, wow, what, you know, and, and they, they, they would introduce them to an instrumental song. Or, you know, it, it would introduce them to a smooth jazz song. And, you know, and not everybody um, clicked on, I mean, everybody got into it, but a lot of people who didn't know anything about contemporary jazz or smooth jazz music started to listen. You know, and it's something that's smooth jazz is something that's very, you know, you know, you just it's nice. I mean, it's, first of all, it's it's great music, but you can also just kind of chill to it. A lot of people like to sit back and throw it on and, you know, drink their wine or whatever they're doing in the evening and just chill with it. And uh, and it's it doesn't interfere. Instrumental music is cool because it doesn't interfere. I think you'll hear, you see some people listening to classical music. There's no interference with classical music. You're not hearing any vocals. You're just hearing the instruments. So I think for a lot of people, that's important. Um, of course, there are lots of other people who love vocals and they, they, they just absolutely love vocalists. And I get it. Something there's there's hey, there's something for everybody. Some people don't like instrumental music. And um um I mean I think everybody loves to hear some vocals, but there are people out there who prefer instrumental stuff over vocals, or they just like both equally. So, um uh, like I said earlier, in a couple of weeks, I've got a guest coming on to the show. Um, so I hope you get a chance to tune in for that. Um, we'll, just, we'll talk more about it next week. And, uh, again, I hope you are enjoying uh, the program. It's uh, Tim Cunningham, the Jazz Chat on the CRS radio network. That's the Caribbean radio 
Network. And we are, I believe we're over 3 million listeners around the world. So uh, doing extremely well with this, um, with the Caribbean Radio uh, Network. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to do a tune here from Lloyd Williams, a very fine vocalist that a very good friend of mine, Hassan, um, um, turned me on to, and she's just a, a phenomenal player. If I can find the song, I'll play it for you. <laughs> um, let's see here, where is that tune? Well, my computer's kind of jamming up on me, folks, so this Hang out with me for a second. Um, we'll do it this way. Here we go. Here we go. This is Lori Williams. It's called Too Late. It's my time. You're listening to the jazz set with saxophonist Tim Cunningham on the CRS Radio Network. We are the Knowledge Station.
a little bit about the industry and and um, how to get uh, music started and um, going through uh, doing the IS was the ISRC codes and all that stuff. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. In, in most <laughs> cases, what's funny about that is that ninety nine percent of the entertainers out there don't know that. If your music don't have an ISRC code, it won't be registered through the system for them to get paid their royalties. That's right. You know. Yep. So that, that's, a big, that's a big. Yeah, that's a big deal if you want to be an independent uh, artist. Correct. That is, that is so true. That code is critical. Without the code, you're not getting paid. That's right. And Bottom easy. line. They're very, easy to, they're very easy to set up. They're extremely easy to set up. It's not that difficult at all. It is. It is. So I actually had so, my codes um, entered in with the guy I use to master my music. Um, he does a great job. Um, so Steve Hall is his name and, uh, he does an excellent job mastering and he, you know, he inputs the codes for me. So, yeah, that's critical folks. (laughs) Yeah. It's the difference in getting paid, uh, for the rest of your life or, not getting paid for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is that is so true. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have that code in there. So, That's uh, right. what are you guys talking about tonight? Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, Motown. Did you know? I I used to have a blog. Uh, a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. there were there were lots and lots of things that people did not know about Motown. I mean, there was like thousands of things they didn't know about Motown. So right. I'm going to I'm gonna clear up some of the myths, but I'm going basically I'm going through the entire structure. And talk about the the things that uh, most people did not know about the company. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I think a lot, of, a lot of people don't realize he sold the company, but he kept the uh, publishing. <laughs> I, I, I know that was that was sneaky and slick. <laughs> and, and, and mind you, he did give them some of the songs. But right. he kept he kept he kept the publishing company, and eventually what he did was he he sold pieces of the publishing company as the years had gone on. Okay. So he he might he might have sold a third a third of the publishing company, then a few years later he'll sell another third of the publishing company. So. Eventually, he sold all of his publishing. Uh, the company itself 
but he still gets royalties for his songs and other things like that. Which makes sense. I mean, there's other artists out here who are selling their entire catalog, but for mega millions. And it's almost like a lottery situation where you get the money up front. <laughs> you get the money up front instead of waiting for it, and you can just invest it yourself. Because I know there's several right. people that have sold their sold their. I, I want to say, not Springsteen, but uh, somebody else I just heard sold all of his. Uh, Bob Dylan, I believe it was. Yes, yes, Bob Dylan. There's a lot of people. Little Wayne, he sold his publishing. Um, uh, David Bowie, he sold his publishing. Um, uh, James Brown sold his publishing. There's there's a lot of people. A lot of people. Wow. That's incredible. Consider the fact that they they may not have been making millions a year, but uh, for the amount they sold it for, in most cases, is for a 10-year period. Right. Uh, they, each one of them made millions and millions and millions for selling their publishing. And those are millions that they probably wouldn't have gotten in their lifetime. Right. Yeah, that's basically what it's all about. It's like getting the money out. Yeah. That's right. It's like your social security. Like if you don't take your social security now, <laughs> you might die before you get most of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Oh, man. That's true. <laughs> You know, and a lot of people they they feel they they can hold out till seventy. You know, you get your full amount at seventy, but but if you start getting it early, you won't get any more money. Right. If you start getting your Social Security early, you won't get any more money. That's that's about it. Whatever you're getting is what you're going to get. Yeah, but you know what? I was talking to a buddy of mine, my best friend back in Lansing, Michigan. And from what I understand, if you wait till 70, you're only getting like another $300 a month. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's not, it's not, I mean, look, no, $3,600 a year. I mean, it's it's a nice amount. Right. Don't, don't get me wrong, but if you don't make it to 70, then, you know, <laughs> you got nothing to wait around all that time. That's a couple of pair of good Michael Jordan shoes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a couple of Jordan, $1,800 Jordan shoes. <laughs> right. That you've been waiting for. Michael Jordan shoes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not worth the eight years. No. <laughs> and plus, and and plus, you can get a job and still get paid your Social Security money. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. You so, know. yeah, you might as well take it. 62? And, and and retirement sounds good, but it only sounds good to people 
who worked a nine-to-five nine for 30, 40 years. Right. Entertainers like, entertainers like myself who, you know, we work off and on, but we, we're home a lot. You know, we're thinking, okay, because, you know, entertainers don't hardly pay into their retirement. They don't hardly right. pay into their retirement. So the amount of money that they get is about the minimum. Exactly. So but we can get out there. You could be you could be older than Methuselah and get out there and play music. Exactly. You know, and make quite a bit of money at it too. Mhm. Yeah, agree. Yeah. Totally agree. So anyway, God's been good to us. So we we don't have any complaints. <laughs> oh, that's great. God is good all the time. He is twenty four seven. Yes, sir. Better believe it. Of course, we, of course, we don't always know what He wants us to do or when he's going to arrive. We don't always know that, but that's okay. No, no, it's you're on his time. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Just because God went to the bathroom when you needed him the most. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh man, that's a good one. Yeah, it's like somebody told me, it's your plan and his plan, and your your plan does not matter. <laughs> that that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Period. That's right. Period does not matter at all. Things are going to happen on his clock, on his watch. All you can do is pray, and uh, you can pray about certain things, but. It's not going to come until he, he gives it to you. And he does that for a reason. Just give it to you at the right That's time. True. That's true. That's true. Well, I know you, show, you guys got a show coming up in about nine minutes. Yes, right. Just after your show. Yes, sir. And Why I am I calling to you? Well, that sounds good to me, too. Yeah. Yeah, got about eight minutes. Well, thanks for calling in. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was asking whether, I don't know if my show starts after yours. Does my show start after yours? Eight o'clock, right? I see. Yeah. Yeah, you guys start up in uh, seven minutes, 45 seconds is what I got. Is it on this same network? Yes. I see. Absolutely. Well, all right. Well, thank thank you for letting me talk. Oh, appreciate it, Billy. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. This is my first per, first person to call in and talk, so it was it was cool. Appreciate it. Okay, man. Thank you. All right, man. We'll talk welcome. to you soon. 
All right, bye-bye. Okay. Bye. I want to thank Billy for calling in. He's got a show coming up on the network. Billy and Billy, right here on the CRS radio network, the knowledge station. Once again, you are listening to the Jazz Chat with Tim Cunningham. We're going to finish off uh, the show. I want to thank you for logging in and checking in with us. We're going to finish off the show. If I can find this tune, I want to play. Uh, here it is right here. It's called Just Want to Be With You, another song from my latest CD, Freedom. This is called Just Want to Be With You. Uh, Al Caldwell and Rand Cunningham singing the background vocals. We'll be back next week on Tuesday, 6 to 8 Eastern Standard Time. You're listening to The Jazz Chat with saxophonist Tim Cunningham on the CRS Radio Network. We are the Knowledge Station.
I wanna love you, baby. Oh. 